Hello weebs, new and old, and welcome to Gateway to the Anniverse, the podcast that aims to guide an anime novice to the weird, wide, and wonderful world of Japanese animation. My name is Sam, a self-proclaimed anime expert, and with me as always is Will, our resident novice. Good evening, Will. How are you this week? I'm very good, thank you, Sam. Uh, how are you? Are you good? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. It's a bit early there for around you. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's morning time for me, evening for you. Bit of a change here, yeah. which is always welcome. Both on the coffee, both on the water this evening. Um, yeah, so for you, those of you that have been here before, you know how it works. Actually, you might not because we're doing things a little bit differently today. Uh, for those of you that haven't joined us before, we discuss anime. I'm a complete noob, never seen any anime until this podcast. I feel like now I'm, I can't say that as much anymore. I've seen, what's, what episode is this? 45? Yeah, yeah, it's 46, 46? 47 maybe. I don't know. You're, uh, yeah, your, your official weeb card is currently mm. in the post and on the way. Brilliant. Brilliant. I look forward to getting that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I take it for, I take it from a novice perspective and Sam comes in from the point of view of an expert and we discuss a particular show given to us by Sam. Um, Sam, we're doing some things a little bit differently this week because we're revisiting something, aren't we? We're revisiting an, a, we a, a, quite, and a show that we did quite early on. Do you remember what episode this was? Beastars was, if I remember correctly... By clicking on episode, your... <laughs> by looking at my guide. It was episode 9. 9. Episode 9 was uh, Beastars. It was early days. And you've given it away there. It is Beastars. Or did I give it away? Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Someone gave it away and... Um, One of us gave it away. Yeah. And the comments will tell us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> it. We're doing B stars anyway. Uh, let's, should we get into it? Uh, if you, if you, if you like what you hear, if you think that this is the show that's going to get someone hooked on anime, tell your friends, give them this pod and, uh, see if we can convince them to give B stars a try and maybe get them into anime a little bit more. And we'll welcome them into the universe. Let's get into it. <laughs> So, Beastars, Sam. A, Indeed. A, a, re- a really classic. unusual. Um, yeah, is it? Is it already a classic? It's very, it's a very, well, it's it, a modern classic. A modern classic, I think you could say. Yeah, it, it's like Mean Girls. Up. I think, you, yeah. <laughs> mean Girls, the classic of uh, modern times. Yeah. Yeah, no, Beastars is, is quite a gem within the anime community in that as soon as it came out. Was that quite a 10? Everybody. Sorry, no, quite what? Quite a tem? No, not not a tem. A gem. Tem. A gem. A tem. 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 The, the boy. Main, the boy. The, man, the, the, the myth. The, the, old, the legend. The alpaca. The, the snack. Yeah. The snack. <laughs> yeah. The two minutes of screen time that drives the whole plot of this these first two series and has nothing really to do with anything. To, with anything for the yeah. first series entirely. Like nah. he c- completely gets wiped off the board. But yeah, it's it's interesting uh, seeing the reception to B stars because mm. it's. A fully 3D anime, mm-hmm. which is about humanoid animal characters yep. having romances and solving murders and generally just larking about. And in any other world, yep. that absolutely would not fly. But because it's executed with such finesse by Studio Orange, they are the leaders in 3D CG anime. Yeah. And they, people just fell in love with it. This story of this goofy ass wolf falling in love with a rabbit yeah i mean you can see why the 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 level this show goes to to be uh unique like let's just get straight into the op because it's a while since i've seen this op because we've had we've had uh season two since 
yeah, we, we've, I've already watched season two, so we're, we're, we're quite far ahead. And then to go back and watch this, it proper pulled me back into it. It was really good to just, oh, really? wa- yeah, to watch that OP again. I forgot how good it was. I think I remember saying something uh, on the pod recently where I sort of dismissed it a little bit because I'd watched the you new did. OP. Yeah. And Very I, I, recently. I feel like I have to eat my words a little bit. Watching this was really good. When you come, when you think about the 45, 46 episodes we've done and the, four, the different types of shows w- that we've watched, there's nothing like this. It's so unique. No. It, it goes, it, it would be, I, I'm watching this and thinking, why don't more anime shows try and do something different? And then I get that this is a particular studio that always, that does things a little bit differently and they're using their 3D modeling and stuff. And this again is even, but even then. Yeah, even it, then, even like th- to do a full stop motion yeah. opening sequence and yeah. having like your like the, there's a behind the scenes video where it shows you like the actual little models of Legoshi and Haru that they use yeah. in the OP and the level of detail because that's a minute and thirty seconds of OP of jazz awesomeness of jazz incredibleness yeah but like. To do that in stop motion, that must have taken weeks of positioning and repositioning and camera work. And then to put all the flare on top of it to like do the effects of like the silhouettes of the moon and mm. like the, the drool effects that they do at one point. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's incredible. Honestly, the attention to detail. And I, I assume they, they must have uh, outsourced that. That's not going to be done by necessarily the mm. overarching because, you know, you'll get a, pro- a professional stop motion team in, I imagine. No, the Wallace and Gromit yeah. boys or whatever. I, I, I don't know. Don't know. Oh, animation yeah. does anime. <laughs> and to be fair, they do a similar thing in season two as well. Um, the ED to briefly jump ahead to season two, mm. uh, which we'll get around to in another time. But the ending to season two uses what's a traditional Japanese style of glass ink paintwork mm. where uh, for the ED. Um, which is really, really bloody difficult to pull off. And again, the studio knows that they want to make something special. So they put the time and get the professionals in that medium in to work on it. Yeah. But I, I just wish more anime shows, going back to what we were talking about, that, that we've watched this many. Mm. And I, I'm not saying everyone needs to go do stop, stop motion or anything, but just try something a little bit unique, a little bit different. Compare, it's like slicing it up. Yeah, and you know there are some good OPs that we've watched, and some that we've really got behind. But then you throw this in the mix, and it's like, wow, this is another world. And you know there are there is an there is an in between, and there are a a lot of the ones we've watched. Even when we've given them a lot of praise, I think we've almost set the bar too low. I think we need to raise the bar up a little bit again, especially for the animation, the the songs and the bands. Mm. Bossy, you know, you can't. This again, very, very unique, but there are some amazing songs we've listened to for OPs. But the visuals, even some of the great songs, have very generic anime opening scenes. Perry's ruined you with that every anime opening ever <laughs> video. He absolutely has. If you've not seen it, there's a video out there called Every Anime Opening Ever, which basically parodies all of the tropes and, uh, well, it just cuts between them. Anime they openings are, do. They're literally. They're literally using All the anime. Same. Yeah, yeah, they're, they are. And, it, and now that Will's watched it, he suddenly, <laughs> anime openings are ruined for him forever. <laughs> they're not, they're not. But I just, you know, when you're watching them back to back, you're watching them week to week, you do want to, you, you run out of things to comment on. Like, if we're yeah, going to be... variety, you, you want that. Yeah. 
if if we're gonna if we're gonna critique these, then that is a big criticism of anime in general. And this is something I've been thinking about for a while. Okay. Oh, right. And I've pro- okay. I've, I've probably mentioned it. I'm probably recycling my my bits, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with it anyway. We need to bring up the standard of expectation of the storytelling. Okay. There are so many, there there are so many shows that we sort of give a little bit of a a pass to because of its target audience or because of this, because of that. But one of the main reasons you got me into anime was because you said you can do anything with the storytelling because it's not based on real actors and what you can be constrained with in real life. Whereas some of the plot, plot holes we found in some of these shows that we've watched. You know, like like the clockwork stuff last so week. Beastars has changed your opinion on uh, the bar that needs to be set for opening. No, no, no. Clockwork also, Planet has definitely uh, <laughs> ruined you in terms of. I was thinking it. Be- what consists of a good story? <laughs> no, I was thinking it before I watched um, Beastars. It's just come back into my mind now. I was thinking we need to. We can't be giving them a pass when they can literally solve every problem because they don't have to re. Well, they might have to reshoot, but they can change character. They can change scripts so easily and. I don't know. I just feel mm. like there's a lot more flexibility, and that's one of the benefits of anime. But they, but that also, with that, should also become I mean, high power. You've got to also remember that quite a lot of these are based on manga as well. And if it's based on a manga, then the the purpose of an anime, almost, and we we've maybe talked about this before, mm. but the purpose of anime a lot of the time is to promote sales of the manga and to promote sales of the merchandise. And to, oh, we haven't talked kind about of almost this. like. We've talked about production committees before and we've talked mm. about the idea that everything comes together to create um, this anime. People from merchandising, people from manga, people from light novels. Everybody comes together to then choose the studio, choose who's going to create it. And yeah. anime essentially is a 20-minute advertisement for the original product. Now, is that the case nowadays? Yes and no. You you get a lot of passion projects. So we get stuff like... Um, this season we have an anime called Sunny Boy, which is completely anime original. There's absolutely no manga or any other products attached to it. It is just I want to make the best I can make using animation. Uh, Masaki Yuasa is good for doing this. He did Devilman. He did uh, Japan Sinks. He's very much a visionary and he makes anime for anime's sake. Right. On the flip side of the coin, you have stuff like Clockwork Planet or you have stuff like uh, Bleach and Naruto and One Piece which are all shows that are made to promote the original manga and to promote merchandise sales and to generate revenue in that way. Now, you get amazing episodes of these shows because when you have a talented director or you have somebody with passion for the source material, they want to make it the best they can be. And so they bring on the best animators, they bring on the best talent that they can to make the product shine. And that doesn't always translate well into people getting paid the right amounts or uh, people getting the recognition that they deserve but yeah. typically if you have a banger episode of a show that's going to mean that more people are interested more people want to get into it more people want to then buy your merchandise and products so it's in the studio's interest to hire visionaries to direct the show um to that want to make it look good that want to make it pop off and get people interested yeah no i mean that's fair enough but so basically the animators and the anime production company are sort of at the mercy of good writing from the manga artist mainly. So if the if yeah they, they sort of stick to that. unless it's completely original yeah then they they're kind of limited by what they can do. And this is where you get the difference between a good adaptation and a bad adaptation. Um, I recently watched um eighty six, and yeah. from what I can tell from people who read the light novels, 
it's a fantastic adaptation. They expand on pieces that uh, were like a few paragraphs in the original novel they give entire scenes to. They really develop the world and they give it time to breathe and they make the characters more empathetic. And for all intents and purposes, 86 can serve as a very real and adequate stand-in for reading the light novels, um, which is what you want to hear when you think about adaptations. On the other hand, you get some stuff like, and I'm going to bring it up again, I'm going to keep kicking it because <laughs> it's just in the back of my brain. Yeah. The Clockwork Planet. Yeah. Where the, when I was reading on the forums, when we recorded the episode, mm. everyone was saying, oh, the light novel's better or the manga's better. The manga that is adapting the light novel is better than the anime that's adapting the light novel. Mm. So. Okay. It's 50-50. It's, a, it's almost a coin flip and you want it to land with a good studio and you want it to land with somebody who's got passion. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, should we get back to Beastars? Yes, we shall. Yeah, Beastars. Yeah, Beastars. Okay, so oh, well, let's move on to one of the big things that Beastars does really well, and arguably too well at times, because we'll get onto it later, but the, the, the monologues and stuff are a little bit too much at times, and there's a hell of a lot of it. Um, but uh, one of the great things it does is character building and developing strong characters, developing the relationships yeah. and the dynamics in this world. Looking at everything from different perspectives and like still being able to care and feel for each of these characters, even though they might have opposing views and completely, you know, contrasting perspectives on the world, you, they, they do a really good job of, uh, gaining sympathy from the audience. You've got Legoshi, who's this, oh, we'll get onto Legoshi separately because I've got a lot of issues with Legoshi. But yeah, generally they just got a re- they developed this dynamic really well, where you can appreciate each character for who they are, and uh, for their own, even though they've got their own prejudices and imperfections, they you can they just develop those characters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the linchpins in terms of characters that are super interesting and maybe not relatable because the sh- sheer level of effort that he puts in is inhuman or in animal as it should be uh, is Louis and. Good old Louis. We talked about him on the uh, original episode about how much passion he has for the arts and how much he wants to make a statement and how much he wants to um, prove himself to everybody else. And where we left off last time was that Louis had ended up actually breaking his leg and was he delivered the ultimate performance almost. And we kind of pick up for the rest of the series of him dealing with the repercussions of that. And the fact that he has broken his leg and the fact that he is now having to deal with the fact that he may have caused himself permanent damage as he tries to recover and it's lagged again and I can't see Will. And great. Hello. Well, hello. Let's see if this works. What do you think it is? I have no idea. I feel like it's a VPN thing. I know my VPN's off. Mm, I'm still suspicious. After the first time it crashed, suspicious. After the first time it like lagged out, I like I turned it off straight away. This does seem to be a little bit more pingy. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll take your word for that. Yeah. Um. All right. So I I heard everything you were saying about Louis, but I and I I was butting in. I was interrupting, but obviously you couldn't hear it. So I was like, ah, it's gone. It's gone. It went like right at the beginning of your monologue. Because <laughs> as soon as as soon as you started talking about Louis, 
we we can put we can keep this in if you want. As soon as you, as soon as you started talking about Louis, uh, I was like, wait, who are we talking about again? Is it Rui? And and you didn't respond at all. <laughs> oh no, he's he's gone. <laughs> he's just gone. It's dead. Yeah. Technical difficulties. The podcast. Amazing. Yeah. Um. No, look, Louis is fen- a phenomenally Need ambitious. Rui. Yeah, Rui is a phenomenally ambitious <laughs> character who, um, is is a great character. I do love Louis. Don't take anything away from that but i'm also very i'm trying to think season two he goes from uh, from a nine out of ten to a ten out of ten like he he blows Mm. he blows us away in season two and it's really hard not to think of that character i think season one he has some really good moments um but i don't think he's really he's not it's, it's his early stages isn't it it's that sort of yeah you definitely see the embers of who he's going to become in season one. And even to the point where he's constantly trying to bait Lagoshi into taking a bite out of him. Like there's the, we talked about the uh, last time, the moment in the yeah. uh, locker room where he's got his hand right up in, in his mouth. Yeah. There's moments throughout where I think, um, is it when they're getting ready for the festival that he punches Lagoshi? Well, I've, I'm uh, thinking, I'm thinking that. Maybe. That right? I can't remember whether he actually punches him. The, the, Lagoshi definitely punches Louis. He absolutely lays him out at the festival be- yes. because he doesn't want to go rescue um, Harum with him. Haru, yeah. No, Harum. Oh, we, I think we, I'm, I'm we co- need to talk about... We need, okay. Yeah. Haru, <laughs> Haru with her Harum. Haru's, Haru's Harum. Yeah. Well, I was, I was going to say, we need to talk about the, the Lion Mafia. <laughs> oh, God. Uh yeah, I, I mean, know that it's the end of the series, but yeah. I, I think now is a good, uh, since we're talking about Louis and, uh, Legoshi. Yeah. Why not? Okay. So the Lion Mafia. What do you want to talk about? The, the fact that they are the most stereotypical Italian American gangsters you've ever seen. Um, and the fact that they just turn up, like within the story, they kidnap Haru and then it's just like, it turns from this high school romance drama mm. into suddenly, Let's beat the shit out of the mafia. <laughs> like, yeah, it turns into a shonen for like the last two episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. I don't think that's necessarily. I don't. I wouldn't say it's completely out of the blue. The the, the shonenness of it is because it does go very fight sceney sort of battle. Full, yeah, full battle shonen. Yeah, like, but out of nowhere. But the introduction of this um, mafia group of lions. You know, you've got the you've got the uh, black market. You've got the um, pandy bear that um, is just this. I love the panda. Yeah, the panda's so cool. He's just doesn't go him. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got this dark side to the world, and it's they they allude to this mm. throughout, and they, they they they've got the news channels that talk, and and you know the tension between the carnivores and the herbivores. There is a there is a bigger picture here rather than just saying it's a high school thing. So. I don't know. Yeah. I, it didn't seem out of nowhere, but I guess it could. I guess, yeah, it is. A, it is a little bit. It's a little bit left field. Um, but then, but then it I think it was under the surface for long enough that. But it's not. It's not okay. Fine. It's not hemmed in there. Although it comes out of left field a little bit, it clearly has its place because it fits perfectly in with season two, and it perfect. It, it gives almost a more mm. a more a thicker backstory for Louis himself because it's almost. Do you not think you, you sort of? Mm. Yeah, I mean, 
thinking back to when I watched just like when it was just season one, I didn't know season two existed yeah. and it was, it was existing alone in its own little bubble. Yeah. It definitely felt very random to suddenly <laughs> have this big punch up with the lions. And mm. then, and admittedly the cliffhanger, wonderful cliffhanger with Louis picking up the gun yeah. and shooting, shooting yeah. the boss. Yeah. Like, yeah. By the way, spoilers, if you haven't then, seen season one of Beastars. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah well, yeah we po- probably should have said that up top. that's all right that's all right <laughs> but um yeah like like that ending i think was really powerful but again it kind of comes at the expense of believability a bit because if this were just a regular show ignoring the fact that they're animals and wolves <laughs> and whatever yeah which i know is super like yeah detached no, that's fine and, like doesn't that's make fine. a lot of sense but like would you expect a high schooler to be able to go toe to toe with these like mafia level people? And I know we get like the mini training arc with the uh with the panda and the and the panda tells him like how he can tap into his inner beast. And I, I think you're getting more to... confused. Well, yeah, I mean the biggest tip from the panda is use your jaw, use use your teeth because they're you're gonna absolutely boss these lions because don't go don't go claw to claw, just get get your your jaw around their neck bite um (laughs) go for the jugular um Mm i you say do i believe it i believe i I did believe it yeah i mean you put it into context with yeah it's a high schooler and stuff but if you tell a good enough story then it's believable and i think they do like you could compare this to any other high school action film where the high schooler is um i don't know uh, Robert Patterson or whoever else it whatever 30 year old high schooler um you want it <laughs> to be Spider-Man 1 it, sure and who who wants to go and and to compete in whatever competition and take on real men and all this rubbish um yeah, to be fair like it's anime i can't really say that oh yeah high school is fighting adults yeah duh, duh, duh. yeah <laughs> when i'm watching naruto punch like a 50 year old man in the face yeah <laughs> like, um yeah i guess it's just because up until that point the story was so kind of grounded yeah. and on the level to suddenly become so action-packed and fiery almost it's a bit of whoa it's just the same show that I've been watching. And I think Beastars works at its best when it's focusing on that um, that interplay between personal relationships and the animalistic desires yes, of the species. It does, but you can only do that for so long. That That's not going to carry Very true. season after season. Point. And this is one of the yeah. big problems with watching this series again. Uh, episodes seven and eight, pff, mate, just filler. Like there's there's nothing. Oh yeah, the stuff with the festival. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the festivals is the festival nine. So is it eight and nine? Maybe, but like yeah, it's it's all set up for the yeah. But it's uh, it's it, the, nothing. No, nothing happens. Like half of the episode seven is the chicken and the egg thing, uh, and oh the, and God. her whole backstory. Which, t- honestly, to be fair, when I watched that for the first time, I was howling like the entire like. <laughs> The setup, the build-up yeah. is like, oh, you like egg sandwiches, do you? Well, yeah. they're my eggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it doesn't get much better than that in those two episodes. I, I, I wasn't really. Yeah. Harum gets kidnapped get to... at the end of episode eight, I think maybe. 
I don't know. It just they they just Jack sort of fell very flat. Mag. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? Say that again. <laughs> Who's having hormone lag? Uh, the uh, uh, the roommate his roommate finds the uh, the dirty magazine. Oh, he does. The, yes, yes. Part. Because Gohan gives him the rabbit porn. Um, yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah. Go beat off. You'll be fine. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Episode yeah. seven and eight again. It's it's just more slice of lifey interplay between everybody and then just Haru gets kidnapped. Yeah, so on your point, I think then, they do do that really well, but it is just there's there's so much and, and and maybe it's just because I'm watching it again. I mean, I didn't watch it all the way through, but even those bits, I watched some of the highlights and some of the important scenes and mate, I think we've got an I think we've got a new leader for the longest pointless scene. Of all time. You know, we, we had the four oh minute God. walk through the park or walk through is, the town. Is Grimgar being dethroned? Well, it's a, it's harsh because it does add shit. It does add stuff to the story, but it's five and a half minutes of Haru's bullshit while she's bent over and she's just thinking about her life. She's just going back and thinking and she goes back <laughs> to her parents and how much of a struggle it was, but it wasn't a struggle. She had a completely fine upbringing. But she always felt like she was the weakest one. And the only time she felt safe was when she was giving herself away. And it's supposed to help you understand where she's coming from and her. And it does. It, it, it works. But it's five and a half minutes of it. It's five and a half minutes. And then it could have been done in one. It could have been done in one. And she, she there's literally a line that she, that is almost identical that repeats. And I'm like, you said that bit and you're just dragging it out now. And then it cuts to the realization that this is all going on in her head. She's not writing this memoir. She's not writing this note of her life. What's actually happening. This is going on in her head and she's being held by her tail in a provocative position by the lion, trying to get embarrassment Mm. and shame out of her. And it's like, ah, that's not okay. Oh no. Not okay. And that's, That's that, that needs to be censored to hell in any sort of like any sort of streaming netflix it was not nice to watch (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's kind of gross and then the lion tries to take advantage yeah yeah it's it's very grimy and i guess it's a very quick um shorthand to be like look lion mafia bad legoshi punch good and yeah but it's still it's not nice that it has to be written in that way. Like there's a, there's lots of other ways that you can show that these guys are grimy without having to get so explicit with the mm. posing and the humiliation. Um, yeah. But then again, Haru it's, it's all kind of almost like internalize this idea that, Oh, I've got to give myself away and I've got to do this. It's not strong female writing. Like it feels uh, like she, she's just kind of becoming this damsel and that, it's almost kind of, I, and it's difficult to say that because the the mangaka who drew the manga is a woman. Yeah, I mean it's it's, da- but, it's dangerous territory, isn't it? Because for the for on on the one side, it is her taking ownership over her own uh, uh, people's perception. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and who's who's to judge? But in this particular scene, 
yeah, she is waiting to be, re- but, but she isn't because all the while she's saying no one's coming to rescue me. She almost comes to terms with the fact and she says, I'm not going to feel shame. I'm not going to be embarrassed and I'm going to be this, you know, really tough meat that you're not going to be able to eat. So there are elements of this strong yeah. female character within this setting because at the end of the day, just because yeah. she's, I just wish it didn't all hinge on Legoshi coming this to save kind of the sexual assault. All uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Right. I'd, I'd rather it be. Yeah, I know that the the world kind of hinges on meat and e- eating each other, but mate, I, the, I the world hinges on more. furries. Like this, let's let's call a call a spade a spade. <laughs> like it, it's got a target audience here. As as well as good a masterpiece as this is, as a really good production yeah. level show, there is a there is a furry side to it that is is it's got to be Definitely acknowledged is. and understood. You know, it's not. I don't think it it shouldn't stop you watching it because there's not it's not there's not yeah, so much of it that's going to turn. That, that should stop you watching and it, but... The, the furry aspect of it as well isn't just, oh, here's animals just doing human stuff. Like, there is enough of, like, there's a purpose for them being animals, and it's that animalistic nature. It's that lust for meat. It's that yeah. overcoming your instincts stuff. And when you're prey, do you have to... And like you just said, Harry objects to her fate of being prey and decides to own it and and act out in the only way she knows how, which mm. is to use her body. Versus Legoshi, who's learned to suppress his um, instincts and his urges. Um, and, and that's an interesting dynamic that can only really be done if your characters are animals. So as much as everybody goes, ha ha, lol, furry show. Yeah. It's actually, it has a purpose other than just being animals for animals sake. And they're just people. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. No, you're right. There is a purpose and they do, they play it well. Um, there's, there's certain bits that sort of lean into it more than others. This, uh, the, the, there's probably, I don't know, a handful of times throughout this first series that you could think of six or seven times, I think, that in my opinion would probably be like, yeah, that's just done for that purpose. Some more explicit than that others. The whole initial introduction of Haru, where she's like pulling off Lagoshi's pants and stuff. Oh, yeah, but, like, but oh, even oh. the, dude, the very first scene, that, dominating him uh attacking haru and covering her and sort of mm. trying to bite her that whole that that scene could be seen as that and 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 it actually plays into and that's a really good scene actually when they the very last episode or the, it's a very good scene oh there where he's like all over the top of her and it's the the heavy breathing and it's all yeah 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 and... but but in episode 11 i think or 10, 10 11 or 12 i don't know it's, it's one it's when they're in the hotel it's when they're in the love hotel and the love hotel yeah a love hotel two times in one series no wait was it was it last week yeah it was last week yeah two times in one it was last week in yeah. two weeks um yeah so they go to a love hotel and so just to you know break the fourth wall and everything the, the um i watched some video some highlight videos of this and one of the commentators who was commenting on the series one was like they they're trapped with no money and no way of getting home, so they're going to stay in a love hotel. Are they? How are they paying for this exactly? Um, how are they paying for it? Maybe Legoshi's got like a couple of thousand yen in his back pocket. Like th- these places are super. You mean cheap. enough for a taxi? Or, and, then, or, or, and you're or, not going there for sex? No, no, you're I'm, not going there for sex. No, you're they are though. Rest? No, 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 no. You're they resting. No, you're resting. <laughs> that's all. That's all you do at a love hotel. It's not actually it, like yeah. That, you can have a short rest or a long rest. Right. <laughs> These are your choices. A quick rest? <laughs> can you have a quick rest? 
Can you have a forceful rest? You can have a quick rest. You can you you can have a you can have a one hour rest. Yeah. Can I have a thirty second rest? Price, or you can or you <laughs> for a cheaper <laughs> price. And now see the hour is set, mate. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow, I could I could have so many rests in that hour. <laughs> wow, I could rest so many times. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the I, factory period be damned. I could rest so many times. I'd probably need a nap. Um. Yeah. So anyway, they go to a love hotel and. Um, there's a bit where he covers her again and reveals that he's the one that attacked her that in that first episode yeah. and they, they mirror it in the, in the window. They've got the side by side image cause he's taking the exact same pose, except he's just hugging her this time rather than going to bite her. Um, and they sort of cut between the two and it's a really cool sort of, uh, I don't know what the word is, some literary thing where you flash back and compare identical scenes it's, it's just a nicely uh artistic way of directing parallels. Them. parallels yeah i guess um yeah can we talk a bit about a bit, a bit about lagoshi because watching this ag- watching this again i i really dislike this person i think he's really I, I, has your opinion on him turned yeah i mean it was never great um it, he's just a bit of a dick like every, he's so self-centered mm. He's, I was, I was trying to think of words to describe he's, him, right? And I, I was going around the ego. Here's the list of words that he came up with. <laughs> Almost. I went to egocentric and I, I was like, mm, that's not quite right. So I looked it up and I was like, egotistical. Mm, that's not quite right. Egomaniac is what he is, right? Do you know the definition of egomaniac? Oh, wow. You tell me that this doesn't sound like. Please enlighten Legoshi, me. right? Egomania is a psychiatric term used to describe excessive preoccupation with one's ego, identity or self and applies to this and, uh, applies the same preoccupation to anyone who follows one's own ungoverned impulses, is possessed by delusions of personal greatness and grandeur and feels a lack of appreciation. The danger with egomaniacs yeah, no. is always that underneath the apparent overconfidence and bravado lies a fragile personality. That's not him. Driven by grandiose fantasies and boundless success or power for perfect love. Or perfect love. I think the first half of that yeah. def- definitely gets it because Lagoshi is almost constantly just obsessed with himself and everything he does of... is for himself like th- th- there's a si- sorry sorry to interrupt you but there's this really specific moments there's the bit where he's on stage Lu- louis got hurt he's injured and um what's his name bill the tiger takes over as the lead right yep. and um uh, lagoshi finds out he's taking rabbit blood he's he's he's, he's doping they call it doping. doping um taking drugs or whatever he's taking rabbit blood and lagoshi is fuming He's absolutely seething. So he attacks him in the bathroom. Doesn't go well because it's a tiger and he's going to get absolutely mauled. So, and, and he says, right, okay, I'll leave it for now. And then he attacks him in the middle of the play. Like, it just yeah. beats the crap out of him. Like, it's a dramatic scene. I get that. But in real, in practicality, he hasn't once thought about going to tell the principal. He hasn't t- thought about once going to the police or telling anyone who can actually do something. He wants to just beat the crap out of this guy, ruin all of these people's performance that, you know, it's not just the two of them. Everyone's he put a good deal of effort into this. Yeah. It's, it's what the first, you know, seven episodes are on about. They're all about this, this play. And he just doesn't give a damn. He just wants to beat the crap out of this guy. And lo and behold, it doesn't really work. And Louis has to come save him again. I think that a big problem with most of the first season and, mo- and bits of the second season as well is, again, this idea that no one is going to tell the teachers or the adults <laughs> of the world anything. Yeah, Like so much of this 
could be avoided big time in the second by season. just either calling the police, mm. especially in the second yeah. season. Mm. <laughs> but that's yeah. we won't get into no, that. No, 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 no. But you're you're completely right. And, and like looping back around to the whole egomania thing, like everything Lagoshi does is focused on him. Even to an extent, his love of Haru yep. is self centered because he's like, how can I love a herbivore? How can I um, think about it in this way? What if I do this wrong? What if I do that wrong? Yep. I shouldn't be allowed to do this. I shouldn't be like ev- everything is very focused on him. He very rarely internalizing and he very rarely empathizes with Haru. He very rarely sort of thinks about how she might be feeling. And it's done in this sort of um innocent way, like, oh, she could never like me. Oh, she could, you know, it's he's so self-conscious about it. But it's not really self-consciousness because he goes and absolutely demolishes this guy on stage. He goes and yeah. breaks into this, you know, he's got a lot of conf- overconfidence when it is really weird to have that confidence you know it seems he's just an idiot at times like why and he's not good at fighting like he loses almost every time in this first season um Mm. yeah i just i just and and like they make a big deal of him being this like oh he's a he's a white wolf or whatever he is so he's got to be super he's super strong and he's always going to win but then actually he gets laid out yeah more often than not yeah by tigers and by lions um and it's only when he goes bears oh my and bad, um, and um, it's only when he <laughs> sniffs um, Haru that he—that's his drug, apparently. And there's a there's a scene when he mm. with the lions, and he, he he breathes in her scent. And they're like, "What you doing? You getting what you getting high off her scent? You weirdo!" And they're calling him out on it. And um, then he goes nuts, and he, he he loves that. He loves that stuff, man. That's that's his yeah. that's his thing. And he beats the crap out of them all. Yeah. Also, in that scene when he's also when he's when he when he fights the tiger um and he doesn't bother telling anyone he, he's fighting the tiger on stage beating the crap out of him louis comes on and saves the day i thought louis's leg was broken he just wanders on stage yeah with a sword like absolutely but again, fine we've 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 seen the uh the level of pain this man can like deal with <laughs> like nah the ending of episode three is him what is him passing the performance out of his life it's also passing out his leg yeah but like yeah, he does he does pass out and yeah, but he's also supposed to be in the hospital. Like this is the next night. Very true. This is the next night because it's the next <laughs> night's performance. He can't do. He's just doped up on morphine, just... <laughs> and he just sensed that Lagoshi was in trouble. My friend needs me <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah. Um. My work here is done, but you didn't do anything. <laughs> Leaves. <laughs> uh. And episode 12, I thought, was pretty boring. Yeah, not a lot happened in that. It was just sort of wrapping everything up a little bit. Episode uh, 12 is just them... Uh, they leave the Love Hotel. Yeah. And just kind of have a wonder, don't they? Yeah, but, uh, he follows... The, the, I don't know, it's the festival, isn't it? Oh, he yeah, and the, back. The, the the wolf that has no impact on the story declares that she wants to become a B-star. And Ligat... Do you know... What do you mean? <laughs> Secondary female protagonist Juno. Yeah. My face. <laughs> yeah, Juno kind of gets swept under the rug quite quickly. Like she turns up, falls in love with Lagoshi, gets really pissed off with Haru, and there's there's like a moment where you think, oh, maybe she's going to eat Haru uh, out of jealousy. But then she goes, yeah, nah. Yeah. I'm just going to do this the old fashioned way. And for Lagoshi to have two people fawning over him. Oh, it's just that lovable 
um, quiet individual. That, that big dope. Yeah. It just doesn't realize how much sexual magnetism he has. How sexy he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we talk about the, uh, the black market. Yes. And how fucked up it is. I mean, uh, so I think we only briefly all right. touched on it last time. We, can, we well, uh, it is. Had we even seen it? What episode? When does the black market come into it? Uh, I don't know when it comes in. Black into- market turns up in episode six. Yeah, so we won't have, we won't have spoken about it last time. Um, yeah. So, uh, Teo and Alba and Bill. No, yeah, Bill and uh, yeah, Bill Legoshi. They all go out. And the gang. They go out, lads, 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 having lads, coffee. Lads, 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 Um, and then, and then the, um, they, they find the black market somehow. And the, yeah, it's pretty grim. Like there are certain elements that are the grim, but as a concept, look, I'm not saying, I'm not saying where my political views I'm not lie. That cutting humans up and feeding them to other humans is, uh, fine, but. <laughs> well, in a world of carnivores where it is their natural diet, um, I mean, who's to say what's right and what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> They're just fulfilling yeah. na- natural the natural cycle I mean, of life. <laughs> very true. And then El- so, Elton John's going to come do the next theme tune. <laughs> so the guys turn up and basically they find them at this black market, and essentially it's um, a place where you can buy meat. And the implication in this world where everything that is alive is sentient means <laughs> that. This is just slabs of bodies, and you have this old goat guy mm. who's like quivering in a corner and yeah, letting people pay him <laughs> thousands of yen or whatever to nibble on his fingers. Yeah, to bite his and fingers. He's already clearly done it a few times oh, already. Yeah. And it's just super, super dark. It's like, very thinking dark. Thinking about it for any more than just like two seconds, you suddenly yeah, but- realize, oh wow, this is actually super right. scarred. Okay, let me just get political here for a second though. Because this is what is uh, nope. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, this is the And this is this week's episode. <laughs> Alright, okay, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't. I've got some interesting no it's, look, it's it's a it's on, it's symmetry on. with the drug market, right? And there's the whole argument for legalizing drugs because it eradicates an industry and it can be controlled and it can be medicated and it can be mm. done in a way better way. We can tax it and it can make the country billions of dollars uh, pounds. Why, yeah. why dollars? Um, there's a, there's there's a whole there's a real genuine argument for legalizing drugs yeah. and stuff. And uh, agreeably, agree. it's not legalize everything. Yeah, agreeably, it's not cutting up yeah, people. Yeah, but it's not flesh. It's not. It's not flesh. But surely you could, if if it was controlled, it would almost be like, I don't know, the ones that die naturally. You know, it's it's that argument, isn't it? If if if, if it's going to satisfy a massive, if it's going to destroy this whole black market and get rid of all this hurt and all this suffering and murder and crime, that's going to be that's that's like almost where that's that's the crux of it, isn't it? That's that's the pinnacle. That's when the money comes in. That's the the money flow. Is this this distribution of illegal meats? So if you legalize that yeah. and you control it in a way that doesn't hurt people or doesn't harm pe- individuals, then you know why not? Which makes me now wonder: in Tokyo Ghoul, why was there not a human flesh? I think market? we discussed this in Tokyo Ghoul, dude. <laughs> there should have been, like we already said, they've got they know doctors who in the industry in there they could have easily got dead bodies uh, instead y- of going to suicide point yeah, and waiting yeah. for bodies. Why have they not got like also just a rack of ribs up on the wall? If suicide point is this pro- prolific and this well known, do something about that as well. Like 
no, this should yeah, not be allowed stop to go, people stop people jumping. That. Yeah, just put a big net at the bottom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> big bouncy castle. Yeah. <laughs> just bounce them back up into the car. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> into the path of an oncoming vehicle. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey, hey, I'm alive. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, it's dark. Um, dark to darker. Yeah. Anyway. Harry was sleeping with Louis a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. We find out that Haru... Slut rabbit! <laughs> ...has been her. <laughs> yes, the infamous slut rabbit. Has been uh, sl- sleeping with Louis. Well, she sleeps with a lot of people. Yeah. Which, I mean, and again, this is all... I Saying slut rabbit is, is derogatory, but, like, it's, it's her <laughs> no. control and her using her... No, never. Yeah. But it's her using her sexuality to kind of give her this feeling of superiority and that she's got one over on everybody else mm. because that's the one thing that she feels like she can control. And we find out that she, before uh, Legoshi turns up, she had a lot of time spent with Louis, which introduces this entirely new fold to the dynamic between... Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a love Louis. triangle now, isn't it? Yeah, but one that Legoshi and Louis are unaware of yeah at the beginning yeah that's sort of like the first Mm. realization is he knocks on the door and he gets this scent of uh louis which he doesn't really clock which is weird because he's coming out of her place and she he stinks of her but it's only later that he really Mm. puts it all together but yeah that there is this dynamic and and haru seems pretty schmitten schmitten by uh louis right sure (laughs) so she's pretty into louis and Lagoshi's for the rest of the series and beyond is kind of trying to figure out where he stands because Haru is often pining over Louis. She's often got that attachment mm. to him. She sort of relies on him and feels like there's something more there. And Louis being Louis yeah. is focused on Louis and just wants to keep, yep. keep, <laughs> keep dominating everything. Um, yeah. We talk about egocentric, like Louis is the man for that one. Yeah. Egomanical. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, though we were talking about Legoshi when we did that, but they're, they're both pretty egomaniacal. Egomanomical. Economical. Economical with the <laughs> ego. <laughs> <laughs> they use it just as much as they need to. <laughs> yeah. Um, they don't <laughs> Haru is not particularly the, the the final scene when they're getting it on in the love hotel um Haru seems to make a, a, quite a few excuses not to do anything which again is a bit it seems just a, a weird contrived situation so that they don't actually have to have sex yet and they don't actually have to show Legoshi losing his innocence uh, on screen, mm. but um, well, I mean, once he, once he get, gets laid, where is there to go from there? This is the pinnacle of the <laughs> of the story. <laughs> yes, yes, that is no, what we've I've all got... been waiting for—not to find out who killed bloody Tem. <laughs> like, wh- <laughs> what happened to Tem? Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's how you we framed the like, show. We need to get into that. Okay, because you're exactly right. The entire show is framed around. Uh, this opening scene where we have Tem fleeing for his life from a carnivore and 
it's this big mystery. It sets everything up, and like all of the distrust throughout the series against carnivores is there because Tem was killed by a carnivore. Yeah, he's the catalyst, isn't it? The murder has always been underlying on campus. But... Yeah, it's underlying almost every interaction. There's always this idea, and everyone's like whispering about it uh, behind closed doors. There's a lot of accusations going around about who did what. Um, they threatened to close the play. She even gets. They're gonna. They're gonna stop the play. God, heavens forbid. <laughs> And even Lagoshi gets accused of having eaten Tem um, by Tem's girlfriend, the girl, the girl, the girl that he likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tem, Tem fancies her, but she didn't um, know. I don't think, or she sort of he never told her. But but then the entire mystery. Mm. No, we don't have time for that because it's time for the meteor festival, and we got to punch some fucking lions. Yes, exactly, exactly. There is. It is it, like the it, entire mystery just takes a back seat. The, the mist when you get to the end of it, you you just have to sort of acknowledge the fact that this is the the mystery is massively secondary, if not tertiary, to this to to this plot, which is Lagoshi and Haru and Rui, Louis, <laughs> Rui, um, Rui, Louis. He, he they are the tri- triangle of animalistic incestual no uh bestial what Inc- no <laughs> <laughs> not quite um <laughs> wrong word um there's this love triangle going on and they um they they take the pro- they take the limelight throughout the whole series and this whole mystery if you're watching it for that you kind of you're kind of gonna be disappointed by the end mm. if you want to find if you want any answers then sorry you have to wait until season two and then you're going to be disappointed even more. Even then. Yeah. <laughs> no spoilers, but... Have you got any odds and ends, Sam? I'm sort of uh, running running low on notes. Running dry on what's left. Um, I do have to say, even we kind of kick this quite a bit throughout this revisited. Mm. But I have to say that it is still a very solid show. Yes. Production-wise, it is put together beautifully there's a lot of really good animation and really good shots. what did you think to the fight uh, scenes direction with the lions i thought they were good mm. um even though it came out of nowhere and narratively it doesn't quite sit well for me i think f- for spectacle yeah it's really good the c- camera is super dynamic we get a lot of really cool um action moments from Legoshi as he utilizes that jaw and the teachings that he's got and yeah, I think I think it works. I think it's okay as a, as a spectacle piece. Nah, yeah, it's fine, but I don't think it's it's not on the same level as say um, I don't know what's a really good fight that we've seen. Well, it's not it's not even about the fight necessarily. I think the fight's fine. Like what happens is fine, but for me, for a show like this that starts off in those first three episodes with such unique cameras uh, camera shots and uh mm. you know the the way that the angles and the, the the outlines and the way they the way they change things and contrast things to make it really interesting to watch they don't really do any of that here they do the same stuff with the scent they do that twice in, in this these these episodes where he breathes in harry's scent that i get you know it's for a purpose but it's exactly the same graphic it's it's almost yeah lazy and then they they do just do a running through. He's going to beat up some people. There's no, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's yeah. no Shazam. It, it's hard to be super creative um, and within a fight scene when you've got to try and 
you've got to keep the momentum going. You've got to keep the camera focused. You've got to make sure that things make sense. You know, there's not a real camera or is there a real camera? (laughs) Well, yeah, because it's, because it's in 3d Mm. especially. Yeah. Um, they have the vir- like the virtual camera right. that they'll frame, mm. and then the, the scene is playing out, and then they can choose where to move yeah. it around. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, okay. Throughout, I think presentation wise, it is very consistent, and it is consistently very good because it's in three D. It's it always looks like as good as it can be. It's very rare that you've got characters who are off model yeah. or uh, bad in between takes so visually yes very very beautiful show Agreed. and again i still think that it's like almost the pinnacle of what 3d cg anime can be mm. especially in comparison to shows like knights of sidonia or to the godzilla movies that came out by a, a, another studio who focuses on 3d work okay. so it does look very good the music is good mm-hmm. um yeah i think that that's about it in terms of my understanding how about you uh yeah i think i think that's pretty much it for me as well i think we've covered everything i i think lagoshi's an idiot and a bit of a dick and uh louis cool but gets better in season two very true so i guess to end the revisited then um for people who have finished Star season one or for people who are for some reason are listening to this spoiler heavy <laughs> <laughs> review of it and then deciding do you think that the season ends out in a way that continues uh, to live better. Do you think that it still deserves a place in the universe, even after everything that we've said today? So this, yeah, I'm trying, I was just thinking about that. I, I had in my head that it didn't get in, but it did get in the universe, didn't it? Cause we thought, it did, we thought, it did indeed. Ooh, that's a brave one. <laughs> yeah. Very brave. Yes. Season one. Got to appease that fairy audience. Yeah. <laughs> Season one, I think. Yeah, deserves a place in the universe. That ending, that climax is really good. It's pretty, pretty damn satisfying. I think I am a bit disappointed knowing with the, with the long, with the overarching plot of the mystery stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but again, throughout the show, I do love that stuff. And I was a bit disappointed going throughout. I did want more hints. I did want something else to do with that. And it does just completely go to the wayside until like, episode seven or eight when louis goes back to thames um memorial thing and we're reminded that there's actually a a mystery going on yeah um so apart from yeah i I would want more of that but yeah like you say there's so many good bits of animation the 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 concept and the way it's executed is really cool yeah it, it still still lands it's still good nice awesome awesome should we leave it there I think we shall leave it there for this week. All right, brilliant. Well, obviously, guys, if you have any uh, opinions of your own that you want to share with us, make sure you hit us up on Twitter and Instagram and let us know what you think of season one of Beastars. Um, we've watched season two, so don't worry about spoilers for us, but obviously bear in mind that other people might not have seen season two yet. Uh, I'll put a thing in the title saying spoilers ahead, just so we don't have, we don't have people complaining to us. Um, yeah. If you've enjoyed it, make sure you pass the pod and let a friend know. We're going to have a, a, a very brief chat in uh, Slice of Life to see what we've been up to this week and catch up on all things we've watched and done. Um, otherwise, uh, we'll see you next week in the anniversary, I guess, Sam. Or do you want to tell people what we're doing next week? Yes, next week. So next week, Will, I'm going to ask you to watch The God of High School. The God of High School. 
Yes. Oh, I'm interested. Another another high school drama, but it's about a god. I'm looking. But about gods. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, yes. So we'll check that out next week. If you want to watch the first three episodes and join us for our first three episode three of three uh, perspective, then please uh, do that. Check it out. It is a Crunchyroll original. Uh, if not, we will see you next week. In the universe. Timed out to perfection. Welcome back to episode 7 of Shit You Didn't Know and Now You Do. Did you know that four times as many people speak English as a second language than they do as a native one? This is why English-speaking countries think they're the centre of everything, because everyone learns English and we just can't be asked to learn other people's. We're just rude. Ah, and welcome, everybody, to Slice of Life. I hope you enjoyed the... uh, Shit you didn't know, but now you do. Segment, <laughs> courtesy of Will. Yeah, I am enjoying expanding my brain. Hey, right, I've got, week. I've got a really. Is it one of the? It's one of those. Um, you're in a game moments. You know when you get deja vu or something happens. It's like, hey, I was just learning about that. I was watching. Um, what was it? I don't know. Something. There was daytime TV on. My mum and dad were around, so don't judge me. I can't remember what it was. It was something like this morning or something. But um, they they do a question. A completely random one before the adverts so that you keep watching afterwards and they'll, okay. they'll say like, what is this thing? And then you have to choose options A, B or C and they're always really obscure. And it was, what kind of animal is the Manhattan? Is it A, an ant? Is it B, uh, something else and C, something else? I was like, Hey, I know this because I did a slice of life on it and it's an ant, obviously. Just turn back up. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. It's fun. So apart from learning more about ants, what have you been up to in your slice of life this week? Will? Um, well, we actually went on a, a three-day mini holiday to Cambridge. On a three-day bender. <laughs> yeah, well, no, not quite. It was, um, yeah, we went, we went to Cambridge. We did the old touristy stuff. We went down the river. Um, all the cliche bits. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, um, it was my first time going, actually, and it's something I think we're going to do more because it was really nice. We had a really good couple of days. Yeah, it was nice to just get away. Um, so that's that's what I've been doing in my personal life. Watching-wise, haven't really been watching that much. I have been getting obsessed with golf and um, still can't still can't play, but uh, I've been getting obsessed with like watching YouTube videos and stuff on it, and it's really I'm, it's getting into my blood a bit. Um, so I've been watching. I've been doing watching a lot of um, Rick Shields on YouTube, who's just a, a big YouTube golfer, and cool because of that, I've been I've been playing a little bit down at the driving range, just practicing. I've been today; it's it's been really good. I'm, oh, nice. Yeah, loving life. Um, How many nine irons are in your drive? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sam. That, that there there is some <laughs> of those in some of those. Well done. <laughs> Go sports. <laughs> that is really I, I, yeah golf's one of those some people will absolutely hate it and i'm not going to talk talk about it because people will be sick of it but um it's just it's just really nice coming out of lockdown and having just finding something that i can get out and do regularly the, the course is right nearby the driving range is literally two minutes away and i can just pop down for half an hour and it's nice. just really nice to just get out and, and and chill um really good loving it um i i said last week that i was watching uh outer banks on netflix Oh yeah, in North Carolina. In North Carolina, not Florida. Damn it! I should uh, <laughs> should clarify. Yeah, last week I I didn't know where it was. I assumed it was Florida because of the somewhere marshall, swampy. Somewhere swampy. 
Um, but it, it wasn't. It's not set in, set in, actually, it's set in the fictional, fictional town and island on the outer banks of North Carolina. So it's technically not a real place, but it's obviously, I don't, I don't even know if it's filmed there, but it's, oh no, that is where it's filmed, I think. Might be where it's filmed. Anyway, whatever. North Carolina is what we're going with. And I watched the, um, I've, I've watched the entire first season of that and I'm part. Is it good? Does it hold up? It's difficult because when I, I don't want to fall into the trap of the Winx Club where I, where I watch something and get really into it because I'm binging it and I get engrossed in it. And then it turns out it's shit when I look back. There, there are some plot holes. And this is, this is actually one of the things that got me on my bandwagon about we need to up level the quality, the expectations with anime because there are some glaring instances of action scenes where the characters just don't do things that make sense. Like the mm. fight that there's a bit where he's fighting on a boat. And the dude's got a, he's got this giant, like, uh, spear that he's trying, they're in the middle of the ocean and he's chasing him around this boat, trying to oh. stab him. And he loses the spear. He manages to knock the guy down twice. The spear goes flying. The guy's like concussed on the floor and he leaves the spear and runs away. And it's like, dude, just, you, you, you're almost, he almost grabs the spear off him at one point and he's got the spear and he throws it away and runs around the boat. Like he's not going anywhere else. He manages to get a harpoon gun at one point, fires one one arrow, and then leaves the gun. And then the other guy gets the gun and the spear, and it's like you're just not making sensible choices. Um, this sounds utterly ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just some sort of weird <laughs> Scooby Doo chase around this boat. <laughs> well, then, he, then he. I mean, Christ, when you describe it like that, it does sound very Scooby Doo esque. Because then he does get a, get on a jet ski. And he gets, he gets chased down by the go, by the guy on the boat. And then the jet ski runs out of petrol and he has to swim through the swamp. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, generally I've, I've enjoyed it. And the plot season two seems, I've, I've stopped watching for a little bit. I don't know whether I'm just going to be a bit meh because season one's was almost wrapped mm. up. Um, yeah. And now they've sort of forced another plot out of it. So, so does it feel kind of artificially extended? It, it clearly is artificially extended. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but it's, it doesn't mean that it can't be good. Um, I'm still holding out hope for season two, so I'll, I'll let you know. Okay. What about you? What have you been up to? Uh, since last time, I have watched another entire anime series um, wow. called VV The Fluorite Eyes Song. Um, this is really uh, interesting anime. It's by the same studio who did uh, Attack on Titan seasons one, two, and three, uh, Wit Studio. It is a gorgeous production, um, and it's all based around AI mm. and this idea that um, this and there's a, like a, a small element of like very very mild spoilers, but this comes up in the first episode. <gasps> um, a program from the future comes back and tells this uh, singing android that she is the key to stopping uh, this AI revolution, and we see the future, a hundred years in the future, and these. Uh, kind of ai robots are killing everybody and we're told that vivi this songstress ai robot mm. obviously a beautiful anime girl of course um is the only one who can stop it so we follow her adventures as she goes to these key points in history and has to change things just enough Ooh. to stop this uprising it's really interesting it's 13 episodes long um, it's got some incredible music. Is it going back to real time, real places in history, or is it going back to this world? No, it's it's this world. So it starts, I think, in twenty one fifty ish, 
and then it's a hundred years going forward from there. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting. Again, the animation is some of the best in the industry uh, because it is Studio Wit. It's the guys who did Titan. Uh, they put the, their back into it, mm. uh, and yeah, it was just really, really. It was yeah, it was very good. Good. I think it. I I don't think it hit the same kind of level for me as eighty six. Okay. Um, but it was still a really good watch. Um, outside of that, I also watched uh, two movies co- uh, called Vampire Hunter D. And these are based on some light novels uh, with artwork by the legendary Yoshitaka Amano, who did a lot of the box art for Final Fantasy. So all of those really gorgeous pieces you see in the Final Fantasy artwork, he did that. Right. And the first film, it's 1985. It's kind of this it's very much of the time it's very gory but it's kind of it's passable it's good but it's not great but then the second film oh it's like i don't know it's one of the greatest aesthetics that i think i've ever seen in anime it's like this this amano artwork has just sprung to life (laughs) and I think it's made by Studio Madhouse, which explains a lot. Mm. But honestly, this like it's from two thousand, and if you want to see just Madhouse. beautiful animation Madhouse. in this right. kind of gothic horror sci-fi place, Madhouse Roadhouse, <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, give it a try. Give it, check it out. It, it, both films stand independently, so you don't have to watch the first one to see the second. So you can definitely just start with Vampire Hunter D: Bloodlust. Solid recommendation. Um, and that's it from me. Awesome. Um, what else has Studio Madhouse done? I feel like we've watched some stuff with Studio Madhouse. So we Madhouse did. Um, they did Redline. Yeah, I, we haven't done that. They did. Don't be. Don't uh, be telling me what we haven't seen. Tell me what we have seen. They did do. I think they did High School of the Dead. That might be production IG. Did they do? They did High School of the Dead. Did they? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. I had in my head. Who did? Um. Who did? They did Death Note as well. Oh, yeah, that would make sense because was that the episode where I I got my little uh, bit of info in there? I was like, hey, is this the guy that did? Yeah, yeah. did. It was, it was during High School of the Dead. You were like, is this the same guy who directed Death Note? I was like, yes, yeah. it is. Well done. Um, who did um, Danganronpa? Danganronpa. Uh... Just that, that was the only, that was what is, was in my head and it, it Ninety-nine percent isn't them, but I was just—that's what pops into my head. Yeah, it's not Studio C, I believe it is. Oh, okay, cool. Oh no, it's Studio Lurch. L e r c h e. Studio Lurch. Oh. They did Danganronpa. They did Assassination Classroom, which I've heard is very, very good. Mm. Uh, what else did they do? Anything else good? Uh, I don't know, Sam. Radiant. Given. Toilet-bound Hanakoken. <laughs> These these all sound like things. They are definitely all things. Oh, they did Carnival Phantasm. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Listeners, I hope you're enjoying listening to Sam just... <laughs> Me just reading the Wikipedia <laughs> article. Yeah, it's good, it's good stuff. Anyway, that is it from us this week. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to our thoughts on Beastars and our little slice of life. We've already done all of our plugs yeah. up top. Uh, so hopefully... You'll join us back here next week for The God of High School. And until next time, we shall see you in the universe. See you guys.